0: Recovery has made me very aware of everything that I do. I'm constantly in a state of thinking through my processes, where my attitudes are, what my feelings are. And sometimes when I let my guard down, I get in the wrong place and I can have a bad attitude. But I stop at some point and realize, wow, I'm totally not in the right place. And I start asking myself why.
1: Has your marriage been shattered by sexual betrayal? Are you wondering if it's possible to save your marriage, or even if you want to?
0: Your story matters, and there is hope for your marriage through Christ Jesus. Welcome to Beyond Broken Vows podcast. I'm Johnny. I'm Emily. And friends, we've been where you are.
1: Our marriage vows were shattered by adultery fueled by pornography. But through commitment to recovery, our faith in God, and our hope for redemption, we set out on a journey of healing. Now our marriage is better than we ever could have imagined, and we give God all the glory.
0: On our show, we'll talk through difficult topics, infidelity, porn addiction, recovery, and more. So if you're ready to move from pain-filled todays into hope-filled tomorrows, grab your favorite beverage and spend a little time with us.
1: Marriage is redeemed. Hearts renewed. On Beyond Broken Vows Podcast.
0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Beyond Broken Vows Podcast.
1: It's really great to be back with you this week, and we're so glad that we got to have Matt with us last week to share his thoughts on Step 9. So if you missed his interview, go ahead and check it out in Episode 38.
0: Emily, it's so good to have somebody else come on and just share their perspective. Like I mentioned last week, we can talk about it through our perspective all all we want, and it's good, but to have another voice come in and give their unique insights as well as confirm some of the same things that we're saying. It's always good to just be able to add all that in.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: So, Emily, we do have a lot to cover today, so why don't we just jump right into this? Do we have a review
1: for today? Yes, we do. And this one comes from Georgia Lynn May. She titled it, So Much Hope. She says, I am so thrilled that someone is finally talking about this touchy subject. Unfortunately, infidelity is more common today, but no one is talking about what really happens, what emotions we experience, and how we move forward together. I am so excited to follow this couple and their journey.
0: Georgia Lynn May, thank you so much for sending us that wonderful review. These reviews help us to be able to reach further around the world. The podcast universe is very much driven by the reviews, and with them we can more easily be found so that more people can hear us around the world. So thank you so much for helping us in that way.
1: Yes, and another way that you all can connect with us is to get on our mailing list, and we have a special promotion coming soon exclusively for our Insiders, and you're going to want to subscribe to be able to take advantage of that. So just head on over to insider.beyondbrokenvows.com and sign up today.
0: We also want to hear from y'all. If you have a question for us or a suggestion for a topic, you can email us at support at beyondbrokenvows.com or... Go to speakpipe.com slash vows to leave us a voice message. You can do it anonymously if you wish.
1: Yes, and the SpeakPipe messages are coming in. And it's really exciting to receive and answer the questions that folks are sending us.
0: That's right. So keep them coming. We're glad to hear from you.
1: Uh Uh-huh. And you can find all of these links in the show notes.
0: And friends, we invite you to work with us to help you navigate the difficult nuances of your broken marriage. Our coaching program will help you discover God's plan for you and your spouse to experience healing and restoration, resulting in a better marriage than you ever imagined possible. So head on over to coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com. That's coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com.
1: So as we get into today's show, I wanted to ask, do you have a daily practice of self-reflection? Do you ever stop? To take stock in how you act, think, and feel when relating to others, most of us have heard the phrase "wash, rinse, repeat." And no, we're not talking about the latest greatest shampoo. Today, as we talk about the tenth step in the Sex Addicts Anonymous recovery program, we're going to peel back the layers of what a daily personal inventory can look like and why we should even do it. And it's not just for recovering addicts, by the way. Everyone can benefit from this practice. And it's always wise to get the Lord's help with it, as shown us in Psalm 139, where we ask Him to search our hearts.
0: Emily, it's always so good to invite the Lord into our lives in many ways. And asking Him to come in and take a good look at us is always beneficial. It can be a little scary if we're not ready for the answer.
1: Yes, that is true. But it can also be comforting as well.
0: Absolutely, when he confirms his love for us by speaking to us and disciplining us and letting us know how active he is in our lives.
1: Yeah, so I think you're going to go ahead and read an excerpt from the Green Book for step 10, like has been our habit, right?
0: Absolutely. So today, from the Green Book, we read with regard to step 10 as follows In the 10th step, we embrace the discipline of regular spiritual house cleaning just as we took action to repair the damage we caused in the past, so we continue taking inventory of our behavior and making amends when needed in our lives today. Working Step 10 helps us deal with our shortcomings on a daily basis. Even with our best efforts, we make mistakes. We are human, and we fall short of the mark regularly, even when we are abstinent from our addictive sexual behavior. In taking the 10th step, we commit to keeping our house in order, whether old failings reappear or new ones arise, as they inevitably will. Regular inventory is the cornerstone of the 10th step. We set aside time to review our behavior, our dealings with others, our emotions, and our spiritual condition. Sometimes, our wrongs may carry significant harm to others, as when we lie, cheat, or act out of anger. We don't need to seriously harm someone, though, in order to be wrong. In fact, our less severe wrongs are often far more pervasive and difficult to recognize. Whatever our wrongs, our promptness in admitting them is essential to the success of this step. The longer we wait to make amends for even minor wrongs, the greater the chance that the situation will worsen. Even more importantly, the longer we wait, the greater the risk to our serenity. Admitting our wrongs as soon as possible will help keep shame and regrets from building up inside us and allow us to more quickly regain our peace of mind.
1: Yes, it's all so true. And I just really love that it gave us that reminder that we're all human and we fall short of the mark. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. That's right. And so I think the best thing to do right now is to go to God in prayer and just ask him to help us walk through step 10.
0: So let's kick this off right. Father, thank you so much for giving us this time together where we can be with those who are listening to us today. We pray, Father, that the message that we have to speak today about step 10 and taking daily inventory and examining ourselves will be a message that hits deep and sinks down within those who are hearing us. Father, that in this process, that you would be merciful to all of us and fill us, Lord, with your grace as we encounter the things on a daily basis now of how we live our life. We ask this of you in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Amen. Okay, so step 10. Wow, it's getting close to the end of the steps.
0: Right. There's so much to talk about and so much to share, but we're trying to keep this all as concise as possible (laughs) as we move through all the steps. I know that it has been kind of a long journey working through all the steps, but uh, each one has found its own way to enrich us.
1: I'm really enjoying it because before we started doing this podcast, I was sort of aware Of what the steps were, because you would recite them to me every so often, but I didn't know how rich and deep and practical that they are, and that they are actually for everyone, not just for addicts. All of these principles are things that we learn from scripture. Right. And so it's really exciting and encouraging to me that you're going through this program that seems like a secular program on its face but it's very rich with spiritual truths.
0: Emily, I couldn't agree more. We've mentioned a couple of times when talking through these steps that uh, the church sometimes can shy away from traditional 12-step because of terms like God of my understanding or higher power. My hope is that as we run carefully through these and expose to our listeners how these steps worked in our personal recovery from infidelity, and from my addiction, that they'll just hear the words of Jesus dripping through sometimes what's not being said, right?
1: Yes, it's the heart. It's the heart of Jesus that I hear in this program.
0: And I firmly believe that the 12 Steps themselves were inspired by God from the original writers, Bill W., and the folks that helped him out.
1: Well, go ahead and tell us, what does Step 10 say?
0: Step 10 of recovery says, continue to take personal inventory And when we were wrong, we promptly admitted it. As with many of the steps, there are two parts that we hear. There is continue to take personal inventory. And then when we're wrong, we promptly admit it. So the first part of that is taking an inventory. So Emily, we have four steps to take when doing a daily personal inventory, which just means that we are taking a very specific directed look into ourselves each day.
1: Okay, everybody get your pens ready because you're going to want to write this down. I think this is going to be great.
0: Yeah, I hope so. All right, here we go. One, examine your day. Two, examine your interactions with people. Three, examine your feelings and attitudes. And four, examine your actions.
1: Okay, let's go ahead and unpack that a little bit.
0: Great. So the first step, examine your day. This is where you're going to get an overall look of what your day was. You come home and you say, wow, I really had a bad day. Well, why is that? Or I had a really good day. Okay, so what made that day good? I just wanted to state here that doing an inventory isn't just an inventory of the things that we've done wrong. It's taking a total inventory. And sometimes we're going to discover that, hey, that was really good, but we still want to know why it was good. Because equally with the things that are destructive to us, we want to know why they're bad so that we can correct them and not repeat them. We also want to know why they're good so that we can celebrate them and repeat them.
1: Yeah, so it's retraining of the brain.
0: That's right. Which, by the way, these steps that we're talking about were things that we as addicts were supposed to learn when we were young, but our addiction, when it set in, interrupted the whole process. And we stopped growing, we stopped maturing, and we kept on acting like immature children until we decided to start recovery or got busted into the program. So after examining your entire day, the next step to take is to examine your interactions with people. Were they good interactions or were they bad interactions? Can you articulate it? Why was that interaction good? Why was that interaction bad? And you can make note of that. The next step is to dig down a little further and examine your feelings and your attitudes. So if you say it was a bad day, what were you feeling all day? Can you pinpoint that? Did your interaction with somebody change the trajectory of your day? Why? And then the last step is to examine your actions What actions came out as a result of the interaction you had with that person? Did you react badly? Did you spout off and respond in anger? Or did you extend grace to that person? So as you can see from all four of these steps, there's an asking of the question, and then there's a why was that?
1: So really, it's all about self-reflection. And instead of just moving through your day and then getting to the end of it and just, okay, the day's done. Tomorrow's another day you really unpack how you moved through your day and what affected you positively, what affected you negatively and why those things occurred. What kind of feelings were brought to the surface whenever you interacted with somebody? Was it something that was familiar from your acting out days or was it a new feeling that you'd cultivated through some of these steps that you've learned? You know, I think that's really a way for growth to occur and it's not just something for addicts to do. We should all be doing this every day, taking inventory of how we treat people, how we respond to situations, how we behave whenever things may not be going the way we expect.
0: That's right. And one thing that you just brought up is that there are new ways that we respond based on the journey we've been on our recovery. Mm -hmm. And we're not the same people. If we're actively engaging our recovery we will not stay the same and all of our experiences become new in so many ways sometimes because of old habits dying hard we will fall back and respond the way that we used to but this is what step 10 is all about when we're wrong we promptly admit it which is the second half of step 10 the first of course is the daily inventory The second is that when we discover that there was something about this day that we did wrong, we promptly admit that. When I do something like spout off or I say something wrong to you, Emily, that I didn't really mean, it disturbs my serenity. And for me, it feels like an ice pick in my chest. It's a very physiological feeling that I have because it doesn't actually happen, but it's very deep and it's very sharp. And I know that I cannot move on well through the rest of my day until I make that right.
1: That's really good. We should all do that, actually, not let our spirits be at rest until we've made things right with others.
0: And remember, it's not that we're always wrong when we're taking our inventory, but when we're wrong, we promptly admit it. Just quickly go do something about it so that we don't have to carry the burden Of bad feelings in our lives.
1: So, Johnny, I remember in your early days of recovery, you weren't very good at promptly admitting your wrongs. That's correct. Now, I, historically, I don't like to be wrong. I like to be right. And it's something that I've had to learn to admit when I'm wrong and not feel like that that's such an embarrassing thing that I shouldn't ever admit that I'm wrong. But as you were lying to me for most of our marriage, that was an even different level of admitting that you're wrong about things and you struggled with it in the early years of recovery you would go days weeks sometimes months before you would tell me about something you weren't acting out but you know things come at you from just living life our culture is just throwing things in your face constantly it's nothing that you're going looking for but it comes and things like memories of what you used to do can pop into your brain at any moment, images from porn or the women that you were with. And it took you a while to confess those to me. Right. And that was really damaging for our relationship and moving forward in healing. I didn't feel like I could trust what was really going on because early on, you weren't promptly admitting to me that you were having those struggles. And now you are so much better at it.
0: Emily, you're absolutely right when you said that I wasn't really very good at it in the beginning. And I think it's just primarily not just because I was struggling to stay out of trouble or trying not to hurt you with my words. I don't think that I had the words or the ability to know how to express them. But through recovery, I've been given the tools to learn how to express what's inside of me, essentially make my insides come outside.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. Yeah, that's great. I mean, that's one of the benefits that I have been able to see about recovery.
0: And thank you so much for articulating that. It's really good to hear you affirm uh, any progress that I make.
1: Well, I'm very proud of you, honey. (laughs)
0: Thank you, my love.
1: Okay. So how do we keep track of all the things that we think about on a daily basis and examine in order to see our progress?
0: There are four major ways that folks can do this. The first one being a mental inventory. The second one is to journal about it. The third one is you can check it in, which just means talk about it. You can check it in with your spouse, or if you're working the program, you can check in with your sponsor or somebody else in your recovery group, or you can check that in with a trusted friend. And then the fourth one is D, all of the above. You can actually do all of them if you want to, if you feel that ambitious.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So how do you keep track of your personal inventory, honey?
0: I use a mental method. Primarily, I'm constantly thinking about my actions. Recovery has made me very aware of everything that I do. I'm constantly in a state of thinking through my processes, where my attitudes are, what my feelings are. And sometimes when I let my guard down, I get in the wrong place and I can have a bad attitude. But I stop at some point and realize, wow, I'm totally not in the right place. And I start asking myself why. With the mental process, I'm not necessarily waiting for the end of the day. Because it's ongoing all day long, it's sort of living with me everywhere I go.
1: Yeah, I think that's probably wise. If you put it off to the end of the day, you might not actually get a chance to do it. You may get interrupted and something else interferes with your process and and then you just don't think about it and it can knock you off track of having it become a habit.
0: Emily, you're so right about that because when I was in the throes of my addiction, I just wasn't even thinking about my poor attitudes. I was just having them. (laughs) I wasn't dissecting them. I was having them and then carrying my poor attitudes on for the rest of my day, not dealing with them and they would build up and I would bring them home to you and the kids. Or I would be aware that I needed to be present for you and the kids, and I would just stuff all that down and not deal with it, period. Right. The second method that I use on a regular basis is the check in. And you, Emily, are the primary one that I check in with. I share a lot of my attitudes and feelings with you on a pretty regular basis. I let you know when certain situations arise, when I had a bad interaction. I talk with you about it and let you know.
1: Yes. And I really love that. (laughs) Sometimes it's hard to hear.
0: It is. But for the betrayers that are listening, this is the open door that your spouse can get a look inside of you. When you are volunteering information about yourself through your feelings and your attitudes, men, we're not naturally good at this. Ladies you are pre-wired for this and do it so well naturally. It's like, this is how we want to live all the time. But us guys, it's like, uh uh-uh. No, I don't want to expose myself to that because we don't practice it. We don't really know how to do it. Then when the time does come to share our feelings, we're really awkward at it. And you've seen me when I'm being awkward at sharing my feelings. There's lots of ums and yeah, well, and rubbing fingers through my hair and just all kinds of things like that. But when we take that step to be vulnerable and share through that check-in, tell our listeners how that helps you.
1: It helps me to know what you're feeling and thinking inside because I can't read your mind. And you could be treating me very well, but I wouldn't really know if that was genuine, or like you used to do, a cover for your acting out. And so knowing what's going on in your heart and your head all the time, it gives me a sense of peace and safety.
0: That's crazy to think that the more vulnerable I am, the more safe you feel. (laughs) Let me say that again a different way. The more unsafe that I feel sharing my emotions with you, the more safe you feel when I'm sharing them with you.
1: Yes, and vice versa. It goes both ways. When I'm vulnerable with my feelings, I'm sure that makes you feel safer that you're knowing me. That's all a part of that, being fully known and truly loved.
0: Yes, absolutely. So, Emily, I also check in with my sponsor. Sometimes there are things that I share with you, and it's good, but I just feel like it's unfinished business. And I want to check that in with my sponsor and I want to hear what he has to say about it.
1: And I really appreciate that you have somebody to bounce things off of because I'm not an expert in addiction recovery. I can talk through things with you to the best of my ability, but I'm really glad that you have somebody else to do that with as well.
0: Right, because sometimes in recovery, there are just aspects of it that you don't have personal insight or experience with.
1: And thank God for that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right, we'll just leave it there and just be good with that. And so the other folks I can share with are the fellows in my recovery group. But I also have good, trusted friends that I can sit down and share things with. Some of those you got to be careful with because sometimes they don't really want to hear the vulnerability coming from you because it makes them uncomfortable as well. And you have to be aware of where your friends are at so you're not dumping on them Mm -hmm. just to make yourself feel better. Right. Emily, this has been a really good discussion as we bring out the methods and the process of working through step 10 in a very practical way. It doesn't have to be nebulous. It can be specific and directed. And then taking all of that information and understanding if something went wrong, that it's okay now to go out and make that right in whatever way it needs to be done. And all the step work leading up to this is what helps you do that.
1: Mm -hmm. This step is in a perfect place because you've got so much of that work under your belt.
0: That's correct. So here's the word for today. And Emily, it's a word you mentioned earlier when you referenced Psalm 139 at the top of this episode. Would you share that with us now?
1: Sure. Psalm 139, verses 23 through 24 says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting.
0: Emily, that's such a good verse. A good reminder to ask God specifically to enter into our daily inventory. And here's the hope for today. In doing a thorough daily inventory, we keep shame, resentment, and guilt out of our lives. And we gain solid relationships with those we love and peace for ourselves. Emily, would you close us in prayer today?
1: I'd love to. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today that we could spend some time thinking deeply about the things that we think, say, and do so that we always have a clean slate before you and others. Lord, it's not a habit that most people have, but in your word, you tell us to do this. And so we ask you for the strength and the courage to do it daily. And for those who are listening, Father, if this is a new practice for them, I ask that you would help them to be gentle with themselves as they learn to examine their lives in the light of your word. We pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. So, Emily, in recap, as we work our personal inventory, we have four steps in the process. First, examine your day. Second, examine your interactions. Third, examine your feelings and attitudes. And then fourth, examine your actions. We have the ability to change our perspective on any situation just by examining them on a daily basis.
1: Yes, and some practical ways to take action with your internal inventory is one, mental inventory. Two, writing in a journal. Three, Checking in with your spouse, your sponsor, or another person, or D, all of the above.
0: Such a fan of D, all the above. It's just so inclusive.
1: (laughs) Yes. Actually, it just reminds me of being in school.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, being in school can be good for us because we learn so much.
1: Yes, and we're kind of in school right now with the steps, aren't we?
0: That's correct. So today we want to encourage you to start taking a daily inventory of your thoughts, your feelings, and your behaviors. If it's good, enjoy it. But if we're wrong, let's do something about it quickly. Then just wash, rinse, and repeat.
1: And we encourage you to protect all of your devices with the app called Covenant Eyes. This is a great step for protecting yourself from the harmful parts of the internet and an important step to showing trustworthiness to your spouse and your family. You can use our promo code BBV to get 30 days free. You can find this link in the show notes.
0: We also have the link to a questionnaire that will help you to determine for yourself if you're a sex addict. And if you are currently in Sex Addicts Anonymous, keep in contact with your sponsor. And if you're not currently engaged in a recovery program and you need some help moving forward, book a coaching call with me at coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com and I can help you get started. That's coaching.beyondbrokenvows.com.
1: Well, this has been a really good look at step 10. Um, A lot of work involved.
0: It can be, but the more practice that you put into it, it really becomes somewhat automatic. You just start to do it naturally.
1: That's good because it's something that we really need to carry on for the rest of our lives. That's right. So Johnny, do you have a closing comment for us today?
0: I do. Just a little bit more from the Green Book today. In practicing the 10th step, we adopt the attitude of learning from rather than denying our mistakes. We continue to grow in self-acceptance, self-awareness, and rigorous honesty. We discover a greater willingness to take risks and learn from our mistakes. We are living in such a way to keep our accounts balanced and our serenity intact.
1: Thank you all so much for joining us today.
0: So until next time,
1: Marriage is Redeemed!
0: hearts renewed on Beyond Broken Vows podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. And before you go, if this podcast encouraged you and you're feeling some hope for today, please share this show with someone else you know who is going through a similar situation and needs to know that they're not alone. One of the best ways that you can help us reach more people is to leave us a five-star written review on Apple Podcasts. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. And as always, we would love to hear from you with questions and comments. Just email us at support at beyondbrokenvows.com. As you walk out this journey one day at a time, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May he lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.